Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, the focus of the conversation is on the dreaded B word and why this is something that anyone who wants to go from surviving to thriving needs to heal from. So what's the dreaded B word? Even for me, it just doesn't roll off the tongue like maple syrup because it is not something I have relished doing in the past. But having the benefit of hindsight, I understand that avoiding doing the B word kept me stuck in a place of being on the precipice of falling into the financial abyss of going down the gurgler. Life is short especially when you see the decades fly by and we are all here as you all know for just a very finite time so let's work on ways to create the type of life that brings you fulfillment and satisfaction and in that lifetime we ideally want it to experience more times of feeling carefree and less times of being bogged down in worry and stress And as much as we don't like doing the B word, if we don't do the B word, we end up having less times of feeling carefree, or maybe we don't even feel carefree at all. But to try and feel this way, we might turn to things that help us escape the worry and the stress for a little while. But in reality, stress is overriding our lives and stealing our joy anyway. And unless we have figured out a way to be completely self-sufficient and 100% capable of meeting all our needs without money, money is something that we all need. And just like every other area of our lives, we need to learn to manage that thing, which in this case is money and budgeting. That's the B word. That's where the yuck unfun B word is a necessity in life. So if you want to experience feelings of freedom in your life, knowing how to budget is something that you need to learn how to do. Now, it's not your fault if you don't know how to create a budget. So don't let that be the sticking point to hold you back from learning how to create a budget in this episode. So schools, unfortunately, don't include budget for all the things that you need to do budgets for as adults. So it's no wonder that so many people just have no idea how to budget in the first place, let alone know how important it is to your overall well-being, not just your financial bottom line. So the aim is to help your confidence with money management skyrocket so that you can breathe easily and feel more carefree and less stressed. Let's find out six reasons why you need to have a budget and let's break the big budget myth and give you some tips to get started on creating your budget. So let's open the door on this week's episode. Just a caution, 
If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello and welcome. Let's talk about the B word, budgeting. Do you currently have a general household budget? If you answered yes, then congratulations. You are well on your way to being a money warrior. If you answered no, then don't feel bad. In Australia, where I live, 63% of men are financially literate as opposed to 48% of women. That's less than half the population of women in this country who are financially literate. So you are not alone. The odds are considerably better for men in this area, but there are still many men who are also financially illiterate. So the definition of financial literacy, let's just start there, is the ability to understand and use various financial skills, including personal financial management, budgeting and investing. Now, everybody has to start somewhere with learning. And this is a crucial area of learning for anyone who wants to improve their current financial position. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be a whiz with investing. Okay, you could see the order and that comes after you have got your head around financial management and budgeting. So these two things have to come first. So I'm coming from a place of starting with the foundation pieces on which to build on your current financial situation. Now, before I go on, I just want to say that nothing that I share is to be looked upon as financial advice or financial counselling. So I'm a money-minded coach. So I help people with financial coaching in the area of helping people with basic financial literacy skills, and also with working on your healing your relationship with money, with your money mindset. So there's a combination of things that I do, which is helping with the emotional connection that you have to money and your money story, and also working on just building those financial literacy skills that you need to have a strong foundation on which to build the rest of your financial knowledge, which you should then look at seeking advice from a financial advisor, or perhaps if you're in debt, you might need to access services with a financial counsellor. So that's not me. I don't wear those hats, but I do work in this realm of just providing information on some basic money management skills, okay? So the focus today is on creating a budget, which is a necessary skill to manage your personal finances. First, let's explore what is a budget. Now, a budget is a plan that shows you how you can spend your money every month or every week, if you like. Making a budget can help you to make sure that you do not run out of money, okay? A budget also will help you to save money for your goals or have on hand for any unforeseen emergencies. So it's one thing to know what a budget is and what 
it helps you to do in general terms. But if you are like me, you are going to need a bit more convincing than that about why it is so important for today to be the day that you decide that you are going to take action and set aside time to create your budget. So when you understand that the best way to grow your wealth is by creating good habits, you can go far from where you are currently sitting financially. So let's explore the top six reasons to budget, to light that fire inside of you, to get the motivation that you need to stop avoiding creating a budget for yourself. And let's get to it. So number one, it helps you to keep your eye on the prize. A budget really helps you figure out your long-term goals and helps you to actually work towards them. So if you just drift aimlessly through life, which is easy to do when you have become a victim of circumstance if you've gone through financial abuse because somebody else is taking control financially. Somebody has taken control of the financial reins. And so you have become disempowered in this area. So when this happens, it's quite natural to then just become a victim of circumstance. So not knowing how to take any positive action to turn this around. So um, so tossing your money, you know, at every pretty shiny object that happens to catch your eye is one sure way to, um, you know, to get into trouble financially. Chances are that you'll never save up enough money to buy a car or put down a payment on a house without having a budget, okay? This is where budgets are really important. A budget forces you to map out your goals. It, it helps you to save your money. It helps you to keep track of your progress. And what happens when you make progress? Eventually, your dreams can become a reality. So it may hurt when you realize that the brand new Xbox game or the gorgeous jumper that you want to buy in the shop doesn't fit into your budget. You know, you might feel the pain of that, of missing out on that instant gratification. But when you remind yourself that you're saving up for a house, you know, it, it at the end of the day, it's going to be much easier to turn around and walk out of the store without having bought that brand new Xbox game or without buying that nice jumper that you had your eye on. So essentially having a budget will help you prioritize your spending choices. It really does help you to keep everything in focus and helps you to be stronger and say no to things that you don't need um, at the end of the day. And it'll help you to achieve those longer term goals, which are really important for your stability and your overall well-being. So number two, it helps ensure that you don't spend money that you don't have. This is so important. Far too many people spend money that they don't have. And we owe it all to having credit cards or buy now, pay later schemes. It, they make spending very, very easy. And as a matter of fact, you know, the average credit card debt per household is about five and a half thousand dollars. 
okay? And this puts people in the loop of usually only being able to just keep up with the interest payments and having their credit cards absolutely maxed out. So talk about an unhappy state of being on a hamster wheel, just going around in the same circle and not being able to get off. So it hasn't always been this way, though. Before the age of these plastic cards that we have and all of that's moving again now to being available digitally on our devices so that we can only have our mobile phone with us and just scan, you know, when we to pay things with our with our phone. And that makes it even more tempting to use our finances to have whatever is just vying for our attention that, you know, saying, buy me, buy me, buy me. It's all become so super easy to spend. So, but before the age of plastic and before the age of going digital with our banking, um, you know, people would be living on a cash budget and at the end of the month if they had enough money left to pay the bills and um and put some money away in savings they knew that they were on track but these days people who have overdue credit cards don't always realize they're overspending until they're absolutely drowning in debt so one of the best things that happened to me personally, when I hit rock bottom financially, when I lost my home because of financial abuse, was that I wasn't able to access loans or credit cards for quite, like, I think it was seven years. And what this did is it taught me an important skill. It taught me to live within my means. So it took me back to that time of not being able to live in credit. And I really did need to learn how to manage my money so that I would have all of our needs covered and um, make sure that we didn't go under or we didn't go further backwards. And it was super challenging. And there were many, many times where I wished that I had access to a credit card because I didn't have a savings buffer. I didn't have anything to fall back upon. So I know what it's like to be in that situation where you're dealing with all of that stress of not having access to any loans as a fallback, not having any savings as a fallback, and just living week to week. So, um, but in doing that and going through that time, it taught me a lot of important skills about spending choices and being a lot more conscious of what I needed as opposed to what I wanted. So it made me prioritise my spending much more and it, it helped me to get rid of a lot of things that were really unnecessary expenses. So um, did it mean that I always was making the best spending choices no, okay, you know, that was something I needed to take control of bit by bit as I started to heal my life and my relationship with money and to heal my bank account because there were many times in that over those ensuing years that I would treat myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I would treat myself because um, 
because I was suffering, because I felt the suffering and the stress and the pressure of only just being able to scrape by, I wanted to be able to treat myself. And so I didn't always necessarily make the best spending choices or have the best money habits. All of these things I needed to learn to change my habits and learn how I could improve to bring more well-being and harmony into my life and more of a sense of security from actually putting the right habits and creating the right habits and having those in place to give me that feeling of security that I really wanted and craved and needed. So for anyone who is listening to this now, who's been through financial abuse and trauma, learning to live within your means, even when you're surviving on the B minimum income, it will be one of the most liberating and empowering skills that you can learn. And as you start to repair your um, relationship with money and with yourself, you should put that down every time you accomplish something like knowing that you are able to manage your money with what you have without going further into debt, put that down as a success. You know, that is a major success because the majority of people do not have that amount of control over their money to be able to do that. So sometimes when we're forced into these situations, it can actually be a blessing in disguise because it can help to teach us a really important skill so that when we do have more money back in our lives again, we can still apply that same skill of making intelligent choices about our spending. So if you create and stick to a budget, you will never find yourself in a precarious position of drowning in debt. You'll know exactly how much money you earn, how much money you can afford to spend each month and how much you need to save. Sure, I'm not saying, you know, crunching the numbers and keeping track of a budget isn't nearly as much fun as going on a shameless shopping spree. But look at it this way. When you you are spend happy or when your spend happy friends are making an appointment with a debt counsellor this time next year, you'll be going off on a holiday because you've saved for that. Or better yet, you might even have saved up the deposit that you need for a down payment on a house. So even though it's unfun, you just keep your eyes focused on your goals, on your financial goals, those things that you are saving for. It's really important to have savings for something specific where you're going to be rewarding yourself something like a holiday um, because then you know that all the hard yards that you're doing to get there, they're all worth it. Okay, especially when that brings you security. So it's basically having your needs met with your basic level of security, with knowing that you've got a roof over your head, you've got your bills covered and life is good. That Then you can grow from there. And if you have to sacrifice, you're more able to sacrifice things because you have the very important critical needs being met. Um, and that 
peace of mind is priceless. So it's so worth setting savings goals to achieve that kind of peace of mind. So I'll get back into that a little bit later. But number three on the list is it helps lead to a happy a happier retirement, okay? So let's say that you spend your money responsibly, follow your budget to a T and you never carry a credit card debt. Well, good for you. That's fantastic. But uh, maybe you're forgetting something. As important as it is to spend your money wisely today, saving is also critical for your future. A budget can help you do just that. It's important to build investment contributions into your budget. So if you set aside a portion of your earnings each month to contribute to your retirement fund, you'll eventually build a nice nest egg for yourself. Although you may have to sacrifice a little now, it will be worth it down the road. After all, would you rather spend your retirement taking trips to the beach or working as an employee at the local grocery store to still try and make ends meet? Now, I'm not saying in that statement that you shouldn't work into your retirement into your retirement years. Um, there's actually in Japan, they have a grey club and the grey club actually, they're in their retirement years and they're no longer working, but they all have voluntary positions. And um, this is a very popular thing to do in retirement because what it does is it, it keeps their minds sharp. It keeps them connected to other people. It keeps them feeling useful. It keeps them feeling physically fit. And it just gives them purpose and meaning in their life. So I am not saying that working into your retirement years isn't a good thing, but there should be options there for you rather than you being at that stage in your life where you have no other option but to continue to work. Now, if that is you, don't feel bad about it. I, one in three women retire with nothing in their retirement fund. And this is because women will work in either more casual or part-time jobs and they will have a, many more disruptions to their working life than men. So, um, so don't feel bad, okay? If this is what, you know, where you're at, don't despair, okay, because there are still, you can still have good quality of life without having that retirement fund. But if you're younger and you've got opportunity to build a retirement fund, make it a priority. Make sure that you have regular deposits going into that retirement fund. So, when you're younger, a lot of people won't even think that far ahead to their retirement. And so money doesn't get set aside for retirement funds. So many women are also leaning on their husbands or their partners to give them their financial buffer in their retirement years. So if you're like me, and, and you run your own business, it's important to set aside money regularly by making automatic deductions to your retirement fund to make sure that you have some money in your retirement fund for you to access when you reach retirement age. So building this into your budget will help you have more choices and more security in the future. 
Okay, so enough time spent on that, but please do incorporate it into your budget. It is very important. Okay, number four. Having a budget helps you prepare for emergencies. So life is full of unexpected surprises. Some surprises are much better than others. And there are lots of things that can happen. You know, people get laid off work, they become sick or they get injured. You might go through a divorce or you might need to break away from an abusive partner or you might have a death in the family. There's just so many things that can lead to serious financial turmoil. Of course, it seems like these emergencies always arise at the worst possible time too. So it always happens when you're already strapped for cash. So this is exactly why everyone needs an emergency fund. I like to look at this as having a buffer. So your budget should include an emergency fund that consists of at least three to six months worth of living expenses. So this extra money is going to ensure that you don't spiral into the depths of debt after a life crisis. Of course, it will take time to save up three to six months worth of living expenses. It's a good idea to set up a separate account for this purpose so that you're not tempted to use this money for something you would like to treat yourself to. So, and as I said, it'll take time. So give yourself time to build up your emergency buffer. Don't try to dump the majority of your paycheck or your income into your emergency fund right away. Build it into your budget. Set realistic goals and just start small. Even if you're just putting $10 to $30 aside each week, your emergency fund will slowly build up. So be patient with it. Number five, it helps shed light on bad spending habits. So a budget is great at doing that. If you don't have a look at what you're spending your money on, it's really easy to bury your head in the sand about this. So Building a budget forces you to take a close look at your spending habits. You may notice that you're spending money on things that you don't need. And I think we're all guilty of that. Do you, you know, honestly watch 500 channels on your costly extended cable plan or your multiple streaming subscriptions? Do you need them all? Do you really need a takeaway coffee every day? Budgeting allows you to rethink your spending habits and refocus your financial goals. So enough said about that, but it is it helps you to get super clear on what you're spending your money on and you can then take control of it. So number six, budgeting is better than counting sheep. So what do I mean by that? Following a budget is also going to help you catch more shut-eye. So how many nights have you tossed and turned worrying about how you're going to pay the bills? People who lose sleep over financial issues are allowing their money to control them. And what you need to do and what a budget will help you do is to take back 
control. When you budget your money wisely, you'll never lose sleep over financial issues again. Of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg, okay? There are countless other advantages to following a budget. So why wait? It is time to start budgeting. Now, let's blast through the big myth about budgeting that often stops people in their tracks from creating a budget in the first place. So many people are put off creating budgets because budgets are counterintuitive to real life experiences. The big budget myth is that you must be 100% accurate with income and expenses when making projections. Yes, be accurate with any regular income and regular expenses, but for the rest, make your best approximation of regular income and expenses. So this particular point was a big block for me that I really needed to work hard on to clear before I knew that it was okay to make your best estimation with figures that were irregular I would come unraveled, like completely unraveled at the thought of creating a budget. I just didn't, it didn't compute to me how you could make a budget with projections when you didn't have all the information. So I hope that this helps take some of the pressure off you, um, pressure that you might be feeling about creating a budget because you don't have to know 100% of the information accurately. You just have to make your best guess. Okay, here are some tips to help you get started with creating your budget. Well, we're getting into it now. So to help you with a... Um, I wanted to help you with a template so to help you get started. So I want you to go to the episode notes, download the printable templates from the Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner, and this will help you to create a budget that can work for you. So number one, let's get started. Set some SMART goals. For information on SMART goals, again, download the Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner. Basically, it's important to factor your goals into your budget. If you have, I'll just use an example. So if you have a goal to go on a holiday with your children in a year's time, and you know that you need $2,000 to do this, you um, will then be able to work out by dividing it by 52 weeks that you need to save $38.50 per week for the next 52 weeks to help you to achieve this goal. So knowing this, then you can add that $38.50 to your savings budget, which will diminish the cash that you have on hand by that amount each week. So that gets built into your budget and you can clearly see how that will take out of one account and you'll put that into another. So one account will come down, another account will be going up by $38.50 a week. And within 52 weeks, you will have your money for your holiday. Number two, pay yourself first. So this, when I say pay yourself first, it doesn't mean 
pay yourself something so you can go and blow the money on something that you want to do. It doesn't mean go out for a fancy dinner. It doesn't mean go and get the manicure, pedicure. It doesn't mean, um, you know, just going and buying, you know, $100 on a pair of shoes. It doesn't, that's not what this is for when paying yourself. It's not treating yourself that way. It's not um, using it for instant gratification, but it's leaving you with a lasting satisfaction. So what you need to do with this money that you're paying yourself first with is to either put it into the into a retirement fund, okay? So this way you're going to see that your financial position in your retirement is getting stronger and stronger. So that's a long-term goal for you and that's that's money is expressly for you for a time in your life where you may not want to be working anymore and that's the time where you can tap into that money. So really important to set aside money for that purpose. Number three, okay, work out your income and expenses. Okay, so to work out your expenses, it's good to keep track for a month, keep track of all your spending. So hold on to your receipts for a month. So with your groceries, you know exactly where that money's gone um, for that shopping trip. Uh, so you're not just drawing information from your bank account, but that you have a detailed list of expenses. So you know how much money you're spending on food, you know how much money you're spending on toiletries. So you can break it down into categories and it's really good to break things down and get um, more clear on the different categories because that the more you break it down, the more able you are to look at these things very specifically and be able to identify them as either a need or a want. And then you've got more control to say, if I want that, then I can take, you know, if it's only a want and I don't need it, um, I, I choose not to have it anymore because I know that that's going to help me to achieve my other goals and that there's so much power in that for you. So the next thing, so keep it, at, uh, do a month's worth of spending because that shows you, it just tells you so much in that month of the types of things that you're spending your money on, how much and which categories they fall into. Then go and log into your bank and download a year's worth of statements for your transaction accounts and your credit cards. This will help you work out your income and budget for the bills, etc. So the next thing to do is to write out your budget using um, a template provided. You can just use the template provided in the episode notes um, just to download the Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner. And this will help you to get a handle on your numbers. So write down how much you get paid each pay period, include all the money that comes in, including your pay, your partner's pay if you have a partner, welfare payments or government tax benefits or any other form of income that might be coming in. Now, if you get paid fortnightly, 
you might find it easier to create a fortnightly budget. So you create your budget in the way that works for you and your income. So whether that's weekly, fortnightly or monthly, just look at what it is for you in terms of your income and then create the rest of the budget around that. So the next thing you need to do is to calculate your outgoing money for expenses, savings and debt payments. So, yeah, so really just crunch those numbers and look at what, how much money is being spent um, on expenses, how much money your um, is being allocated towards savings, and how much money is being allocated towards debt repayments. So that's number three. Now we're going to move on to number four. Number four is separate your needs from your wants. So, and this is going to be different for every single person. At one point, and I'll just give you an example, at one point in my life um, when I was a smoker, I would have sworn on the Bible that cigarettes were a need for me because they were a coping mechanism for me. And I felt so strongly that I could not do without them. Um, so for me, it was a need. But to someone who isn't a smoker, they would look at smoking as being a want, not a need. So thousands of dollars went towards funding that need for me. And I'm really grateful that I was successful in giving up smoking. Um, but I think you get my point. Needs are very personal. Only you can say whether something is a need or a want to you. It's really a good idea to revisit your needs and wants list regularly and ask yourself if that thing that you have on your needs list is really something that you still need or maybe it's something that you could move over to your wants list. So once, and, and then once it's on your wants list, you can take control and make choices of whether you spend your money on that thing or not anymore. Okay, moving on to number five, a good ratio to apply to budgeting is the 50-30-20 rule. So that means that you allocate 50% of your budget to your needs. 30% of your budget to your wants and 20% of your budget to debt and savings. So this can help you get clear on where your budget needs to sit in each area for it to balance. So for example, let's just say that you have $1,000 coming in each week after tax. That means that $500 should cover your needs. And when I say needs, I'm talking about things like groceries, housing, basic utilities, transportation, insurance, minimum loan repayments, Anything beyond the minimum goes into the savings and debt repayment category and things like childcare or other expenses that you need so that you can work. So just a note, if your absolute essentials overshoot that 50% mark, you may need to dip into the once portion of your budget for a while and just know that it's not the end of the world, but you'll... Um, have to adjust your spending for a little while while you get that back into balance. So 
I've said $500 set aside for your needs, then you have $300 set aside for your wants. And lastly, you have 20% left over for debt management and savings. So that's $200 there. So sometimes it is good to work backwards. I like working backwards when it comes to budgeting and when it comes to numbers um, and goal setting particularly, I love to work backwards because once I know what I need to achieve, then I can work out how much I need to set aside each week to be able to achieve that goal. So using the 50-30-20 ratio, um, it can really help you work backwards so that when you get all your figures down finally in your budget, you can see where they sit with the ratio and look at what might need to be adjusted, like using your once money to get on top of debt, things like that, or maybe, you know, like applying less of a percentage to your once and applying a bit more to your savings and debt to build your savings up and to um, get rid of your debt. So just understanding that you've got choices in all of these things. And when you use a ratio like that, it can really help you to see where you sit in that 50, 30, 20 area and where you might like to adjust it to make things work in favour of you achieving your goals. So, all right, number six. Now, this might sound completely obvious, but it's something that you can easily get out of whack and blow any budget that you're setting for yourself so easily. So that is to match your spending to your budget. It seems to be, I think, the, the greatest challenge. You can do this, um, achieve this by coming back to your budget often and seeing where there have been blowouts and then make sure that you take control of your spending better. So maybe this means you have to deduct the amount that you went over with your spending from the next month's budget to help you to get back on track. So that's another reason why it's just so good to, um, to revisit your budget very often, so monthly really, to see where you're having these blowouts to make sure that you don't continue to have the same blowouts in the future. All right, number seven, that, and this is a big one um, that can easily blow out a budget too, and that is not factoring in seasonal spending. So I am talking about things that come around at the same time every year, like birthday presents, Christmas presents, back to school expenses, annual payments like insurance, or even quarterly bills. So a great way to allow for this, you know it's going to happen every year at the same time, it is going to come up again and that money is going to be needed again at that time of the year. A good way to manage this or allow for this and cater to this is to break it down into weekly contributions. So again, it's similar to savings or it is a savings, but it's a savings to cover expenses. It's 
allocated for specific seasonal costs. So this is called bill smoothing um, when you're using it to apply for a, to a service provider like a utility company. So whether that means, um, and that's when you have automatic deductions coming out of your account and going to that service provider like the electricity company or the insurance company so that you know that that you're not going to get hit with that big bill at the same time every year because it's that big bill is being paid off bit by bit every week or every month they're going to receive that payment and you're not going to get a big surprise at in a year's time of going, holy, here I am again, having to pay the same, you know, $1,000 and find the same $1,000 for the same thing. So but when it comes to things like Christmas presents, then look at setting up a, um, a dedicated savings account for that. So maybe a fixed term account where you can't touch the money for other things. So you get really tempted. You're like, oh, I've got money sitting in that account and um, I'd really like to do this thing or get that thing. So maybe I'll just tap into it. Well, if you've got it in a fixed term account that says you can't access that money for six months or 12 months, you don't have an option. That money is not accessible to you, which is a great thing because you can't, um, you know, you can't cave into temptation. Um, it, there's that money is being protected. And so, you know, you've got that peace of mind that when Christmas comes around, I've got money to shop for Christmas presents. Or, you know, when the kids are going back to school, you, you know that you've got money for all of those expenses that go along with getting kids ready for the next school year, whether it's school uniform items, whether it's stationary supplies, you know, whether it's school fees. Um, and school fees is another one to, that needs to be factored in and can be one of those things that you could be doing your automatic deductions towards so that instead of having these big fees that you have to pay, find the money for in one lump sum at a certain time of the year or certain times of the year, you have worked out how much you need to be paying off per week in order for you to have that whole big amount paid off within the year. So this is a really good way of avoiding those big bills from coming and hitting you and you being, you know, in a state of stress, not knowing how you're going to cover it. And maybe you've got to dip into your credit card and that's going to send you backwards. And there is a way to manage it and having a budget and setting up these automatic deductions could be the answer for that for you. So number eight, don't expect that your budget is going to be set in stone once you've created it or that you will be able to stick to it to the exact dollar. So give yourself time to adjust to it and allow yourself to be flexible and adjust your budget often. So needs change all the time as do once as do our goals. So that's another important reason to keep going back to your budget frequently, going back every month and seeing where your needs have changed, where your wants have changed, where your goals have changed and adjust that 
in your budget. Have a look at your blowouts and adjust that in your budget. So don't think that once you have a budget that it's set, it's set in stone and that you have to get it 100% perfect all of the time. It's a living document, so it's going to change all the time. So number nine, work out your fixed expenses. So this is the easy part. And when it comes to, so the fixed expenses are things that you know about that come around all the time. So whether that's um, rent or mortgage, um, things that you know that you pay the same amount, you know, um, at the same time and it, and it doesn't change. That's your fixed expenses. Could be insurances. There's many things that can be fixed expenses and you'll know by looking at your transactions over a year what those fixed expenses are because they'll be coming out of your account at regular times and they'll be the same amount each time. So then it comes to the variable expenses and that's a bit more tricky. So the variable expenses are things that fluctuate and they change. Um, it's And it's when it comes to figuring out your variable expenses, it's always better to overestimate um, and that's going to give you some wriggle room, which is really important. Number 10, automate your budget for success. And I've already touched on this. So automating it means scheduling payments for things like savings, emergency fund, really very important one, seasonal expenses, debt payments, service providers with bill smoothing where automatic deductions are not already in place. These are just naming a few. Finally, we're almost at the end now. Finally, there are some priorities when starting to budget. So let's just run through those priorities now. Number one, create an emergency fund. So try, I, I hear people, you know, and they say, if you create an emergency fund, then you're going to attract an emergency. Now, life has its ups and downs. And um, if we think that there's going to be no downtimes in life, then when something unexpected crops up, it's going to make things more pressured for us than they already are. So have an emergency fund. Have an emergency fund, even if you don't need it. It's there and it gives you peace of mind knowing that you've got three to six months. It's your insurance basically for those times that crop up where you might not be able to work for three to six months or you need that extra money to cover medical expenses or you need to do something, and this is something, you know, women who are in abusive relationships, one of the things that keeps women stuck in abusive relationships is they don't have enough money to get into a place of their own. It's huge. And this happens all the time. And I'm one of those women. I was there. I was stuck in that place because I did not have enough money to cover rent, bond and removalist to make it happen, to get me and my children to another place. That kept me in the same place far longer than I should have stayed. So if I had have 
had, and I know at that time it was impossible for me to put lots of these things that I'm talking to you about, implementing them into my life because of all the financial abuse that was going on. I wasn't in control of my finances. I, you know, they were being taken from me. I didn't know whether I was going to have enough money to cover the groceries. I didn't know whether I was going to have enough money for many of the things that I needed because of all the financial insecurity that was going on with the financial abuse. So that is another very real factor for women who are caught up in a cycle of abuse, which makes budgeting impossible. Okay. So because you're not in control, it's getting you to start creating a budget or starting to think about squirreling some money away for an emergency fund. If you're in an, if you are still in an abusive relationship, an emergency fund for you is more critical than because it could be, you know, life-saving for you to have an emergency fund, for you to have three to six months worth of, you know, needed, your needed income to cover your expenses, for you to have that buffer so that the first opportunity you get, you can pack your bags and you can book that removal list and you can move into another house. You can secure another house. You can get the bond together. You can get the lease together and you know you've got the removal lists covered and you have those basic needs met. If you've got that emergency fund, then that is your starting place to break free so that then once you have separated yourself and distanced yourself from that person, then you are able to start taking back control of your finances and start taking back control of your life again. Allow yourself time to do this. It doesn't happen overnight. And as I said, when you're creating a budget, then you need to allow yourself time. So the number one thing, please create an emergency fund really important to have that buffer. As I said, to make that temptation um, out of arm's reach so that you don't tap into it is to put it into a fixed term savings account so that you know that you give yourself at least six months time to build up some savings before you even think about touching it. So, um, because there'll be many, many times where there'll be temptations there for you to use that money because you're under the pressure that you're under. So I did have um, financial counsellors are really good at this point too if you're in this situation with being financially abused um, because they can help to take control of your money um, and put that money in that's needed to go into an emergency fund, they can actually do that on your behalf and set up these automatic deductions and everything. So when I'm having this conversation with you about budgeting, if you are still in an abusive relationship and you need support beyond this where you're not able to get a budget in place yourself, please seek help from a financial counsellor. Okay. Um, There are many organisations who will do these counselling services at no charge also. 
Um, okay, so number two, okay, is in terms of your priorities is make regular contributions to your retirement fund. Okay, so that will make sure that in those later years, when you re reach retirement age, that you will have some choices and you will be able to choose whether you want to continue to work or whether you want to retire and know that you have something there to buffer you in your retirement. Number three on the list of priorities is dealing with toxic debt. So you can see in the list, it's not number one. The the first priority, have an emergency fund. The second priority is going towards your retirement. And the third is dealing with toxic debt. So that is, again, it's something that you may possibly need support and help from a financial counsellor with. Um, I had a financial counsellor. It was the best thing that I could do. It's very confronting at the time. Um, but it helped me. It really helped me with starting to um, break free from being 100% um, under the control of somebody else who was manipulating and abusing me financially to then be able to start separating myself and regaining some control over my finances. So number four on the list of priorities is... Um, is that you need to pay yourself and making sure that you have some money that tells you that you're capable of having a strong financial foundation on which to build upon. Okay. Now, if you are like me, it is time to get out of your own way and get started on creating a budget. So I've given you a printable template in the Money Mindset Journal and Freedom Planner to help you to create a budget. And it's really good to do pen and paper stuff first. But after you've done that initial pen and paper um, recording of all your information, then you might want to search online for a digital budget app or a template that you can automatically calculate your budget as you enter information into it. Um, a lot of those templates say will have you'll be able to select whether you want to create a weekly budget, a fortnightly budget, a monthly budget. It, it, it's really good because um, all the sums are in there already so that they will do the um, the equations for you. You don't have to be scratching your head trying to figure it all out. You just need to put the numbers in there and um, you need to know whether it's weekly, fortnightly, monthly, and it'll be figured out for you as you go along. So as I said, there's many free budgeting templates online for you to use. It is just a matter of finding one that you like and is user-friendly for you. Okay, I hope that this has helped you to stop avoiding using the B word and has helped you to take the necessary steps to create your own budget. So remember that abundance, it comes from within. When you truly, truly value your worth as a person, you will have the confidence to take action to go after your dreams and desires. 
And when you truly value your worth, you will be motivated to invest time in becoming a money warrior, standing strong and confident, knowing that you are managing your money beautifully. So please take the time to heal your finances by healing your relationship with money. Money can be your friend instead of being your foe. Money can work for you when you take the time to create habits that are working for you instead of against you. Okay, now I am handing it over to you. So I want you to make a commitment by scheduling time into your calendar this week to create a budget. Allow a couple of hours at least for an initial budget to get a thorough overview and just to pull all of those numbers you know, you can't just pull them all out of thin air and they have to, you have to find this information. Um, You need your receipts. You need to be looking at your transactions online and getting all of that information together. So give yourself time to get all that information together. As I said, allow a month for you to be able to create this initial budget because you need to be tracking your expenses over the month to work out your budget. So um, hold on to those receipts and keep building that information up until you are able to work out um, what your savings goals are, what you can allocate towards savings, what you can allocate towards debt, what your needs are, what your wants are, what your income is, what your expenses are, and you'll get there. So just allow a couple of hours to get the ball rolling. Over the first month, I recommend that you come back and visit it once a week, schedule once a week into your calendar so that you can look at your spending for that week by going over your receipts, adding that information into your budget. And within a month, you will have created your first budget. After you've created your first budget, um, I want you to revisit it uh, once a month. And I want you again to schedule this time in so that you know that you are going to be able to make adjustments to that budget. So um, time creeps up on us or creeps away from us very, very quickly and very easily. So if we don't schedule things in, they often don't happen. So I want you to, and you're, you're building a new habit here and it takes time to build new habits. So that's another reason why it is so important to absolutely schedule it into your calendar. And when I want you to think about what time you do this in the day, because um, there might be certain times of the day where you're more switched on, you've got more energy, you've got more clarity, and you've got the headspace. So you don't have lots of distractions, but you've got that quiet headspace for you to be able to put your thinking cap on and knuckle down and get to work. So um, so that's the main keys to it is just having scheduling it in and knuckling down. So um, when you do those two things, you will achieve what you need to do to create that initial budget. Then it's just a matter of scheduling in regular time once a month 
to revisit it and to tweak your budget as it needs to be tweaked. So you might want to do something to help you to get motivated to keep putting scheduling that budget budgeting time into your calendar. So maybe, you know, you might want to also schedule in that after you've finished your budget, you're maybe going to have a nice soak in a beautiful warm bath with some, you know, um, tissue salts and maybe have some lovely relaxation music and some candles to just allow yourself time to, you know, congratulate yourself, to relax, rejuvenate and pamper yourself after you've done all the hard work. So here is to you, my dear, and your future success as a money warrior. Until next time, stay well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough teaches empowerment strategies acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. 
I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.